Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined, as always, sometimes not by my own accord, because our audio sometimes goes to hell, uh, Jason Brooks. Sorry for missing last week. Uh, we actually tried to do a show last week with uh, guest Jonathan Olivo. It was a really good show when it was done, but unfortunately, as you may have seen some of the audio issues the last couple of weeks, the show was unusual unusable. So we had a great broadcast, only me and Jonathan heard, but I want to thank Jonathan Olivo again for filling in on short notice. For Jason, it was unavailable last week, but we're glad to have Jason back. And Jason, I don't know about you, but I hope you're not going to be like, you know, four or 500 TNA employees who decided they're leaving. Hope you're staying with me as, as the weeks go along. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. My contract expires on Tuesday, so then I'll tape the next shows and have an I quit match and lose. I mean, these TNA employees, Jesus. I, no, not only that, Corey, I'll have to put on Twitter that the rumors are not true, and I'm not actually leaving. It is, it is crazy what's going on with TNA right now. Absolutely, and it's funny. It, it all depends on who you talk to from week to week. I think, you know, some of the shows they've done lately and – the show that's which has already been taped, but the show next week when you have EC3 versus Kurt Angle, I think they've built really well. But once again, just like most times with TNA, it's not what happens within that you know 18 by 18 ring or 16 whatever it is with six sides. It's what happens outside of this company, which makes us talk about it. And unfortunately, once again, it's another TNA mess. And there are more guys. There might be what five or six guys that are going to be on. The pay-per-view tonight, which uh, for everyone, we're taping this show on Sunday, right before Slammiversary, which I don't know, maybe if you were invited to someone's house who was ordering the show and you didn't have to pay for it, maybe you would watch it. I don't know what we'll do, you know, as time goes on, you know, not, not promoting any legal streaming by any stretch. For those who do it, we'll do it. Uh, but for those who don't know, James Storm, Magnus, Loki, there's rumors of... Awesome Kong and Taryn Terrell. Austin Aries' contract is done it on Tuesday, as you were saying. Gunner, who wasn't being used, Samuel Shaw, they're all gone from the company. I mean, some of them... Well, Taryn well, Terrell, I just want to say that Taryn Terrell and Awesome Kong have said that they are staying. So they've said that, that it's not true that they're leaving. So they are saying that they're staying. But the other people, Loki's announced he's leaving... James Storm uh, basically announced he's leaving, and we haven't heard officially from Magnus, but all indications are he's leaving as well. Samuel, Sean Gunner, I guess, kind of who cares, but yeah, they appear to be leaving too. But still, Taryn Terrell's contract expires, so we don't know what's happening with her. But it, it's just it's crazy. So, but I just want to put that out there that the two ladies have not said that they're leaving. I mean, the person who who, uh, who who noted this, John Pollock from uh, Live Audio Wrestling, who I respect his opinion a lot. I believe you know his sources, ninety five percent or more, are true. So, if they're there, they're there. But I'm going to go with John Pollock says, and we'll see what happens. You know, they are having a match tonight, so it's. I'm sure they're trying to kayfabe it, maybe a little bit, saying, you know, please watch the pay per view because you know our families are the only ones who might be watching it tonight. Jesus. I mean, we are spending a lot of time talking about a company that 
How many people do you think? Why, how many people do you think watch order this pay per view tonight? I'm not saying watch it because I'm sure there'll be some people illegally watching it. How many people do you think are going to order this? You know what? Unfortunately, I mean, I've never, I haven't seen anything on any channel advertising this thing in any way. Uh, wow. I mean, you know, the last couple of uh, you know New Japan and Ring of Honor shows have done between like what is I think about between eight thousand and. 12,000, depending on what you read. I don't think you get, uh, if they're lucky, maybe they get a f- 20% of those people made by. I, this could be one of the lowest rated pay per views of all time. I mean, I'm sure there's some of those, you know, Turning Point and Sacrifice and whatever, you know, song from Creed from the 90s that they sold a title from pay per view. You know, I, I don't know, maybe a couple of thousand if you're lucky. I mean, Kurt Angle's on the uh, on the marquee for it, but Kurt Angle's not. He might be there, but he's not performing. Uh, you know, like I said, Kurt Angle versus. How, how is your number one headliner? Now I know there's some injury stuff with him, and you know, he's got something going on with his neck. Right. And I I understand that part. Maybe that's why they didn't have the match. I mean, is that why he didn't have the match because of this situation? With a tumor in his neck? I don't think so. I mean, because I think Cause that was... Because it seemed like he wasn't booked to be on the show. So, because he still did the tapings that were, what, on Thursday or whenever the tapings Wednesday, were. Thursday, Friday, yeah. So, I mean, he was fine then, so he could have been on the show. To have your headliner, to have, you know, it's like the WWE said, all right, John Cena, take the night off on a Sunday for a pay-per-view. I mean, I, I don't know. This is, this is TNA for you. I mean, like I said, it's... Unfortunately, the way this company is right now, it's a it's a TV company. It's not a pay-per-view company. And I won't be the first and will not be the last one who, you know, says in some shape or form that TNA right now is stringing along for its life. You may not, you know, Dixie Carter, the Billy Corgans out there might go and say that Dave Meltzer has no idea what he's talking about, which we spoke about a month ago, I guess, at this rate, about the fact that in September that, yes, they haven't been canceled, but they have not been renewed, which is basically like semantics we've said this before but i don't this i think this company is trying to do whatever it can to pull a rating to make people in destination america say this is we need you and ring of honor to do that wednesday night block i mean their ratings have been better i mean they've steadily gone up with you know they're still not you know the spike tv million viewers which i don't think they'll ever get on destination america but they are doing, you know, a little bit better every week. And people are starting to realize that they're not on Friday anymore and they're back on Wednesday. So, but EC, I think they realize the idea that more people will see EC3 versus Kurt Angle on next Wednesday on Destination America than they'll see if it was on Slammiversary in, uh, in 45 minutes or, you know, 35 minutes, depending on, you know, what goes on here. Then why have a paper? That's a very good point. I mean, let's be honest here. You know what? Once you knew that... Build up to mon- why not just build up to monster shows? Say in a month. Now, I know it's tough with the tapings and whatever, but why not try to have one live show a month or one live show every two months? And you build up and say, this is going to be the show. I think, well, that, I I think they'd love to do that. that. I don't know if Destination America is you know allow them to do that at this point. I mean, you got to realize that... They, I hate with this because I mean I said I'm tr- I'm trying to be as honest as I can with my opinion and then I feel like I'm defending them a little bit too much in regards to what their situation is. Well, you are TNA Mark. 
blow me. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that's as close as we come to uh, an explicit show this week, but you know, you never know as it goes along. Sometimes I think that coffee might be spiked by uh, which Jason is drinking, but I don't know. I mean, they're in a bad situation. They're on a network that is on a higher tier, which I don't think me, neither we've discussed this a thousand times. Neither me or you even heard of before they had signed this contract. As many, as many times as you know, I'll, I watched the show Chopped. I've never I never heard of Barbecue Pitmasters before uh, Destination America. So I mean, it's a bad situation. I think they're getting canceled. You think they're getting canceled? This, this company's had you know ninety five lives, There's more lives than you know than a cat at this point. I just don't know what happens here. And you know what? Do I think this is a good card on Sunday? Do I think it's a bad card? It doesn't matter. The company is inept at this point. Dixie Carter, I don't care if she's the nicest lady who ever lived. And, you know, depending on who you listen to, if you listen to Conan, who is back on the MLW uh, podcast this past Sunday after being off for a while, he ripped into her, I mean, based on, you know, the fact they wouldn't pay for his surgery. So, I mean, you got Jesse, Jesse Sorenstein, I believe it was, who had, you know, basically was almost paralyzed. And they kept him on for a couple of, you know, didn't keep him on as fully after she said that they'd always take care of him. So, I mean, Dixie Carter might come off as this nice, you know, Southern Belle, but she's inept as a as a person when it comes to running a wrestling organization. I mean, it, it is unbelievable. That, you know, that Stone Cold um, interview she did where, you know, she talked about how much she likes the wrestlers, how much she respects them. And listen, we know, we've heard of Vince treating the wrestlers like crap. And we also know that the WWE is a publicly traded company. So they need to do things like the wellness policy and making sure the wrestlers are taken care of. Whereas TNA doesn't necessarily have that. But things like Conan have said, where she really just cares about the upper tier guys, the top talent, the main event guys. And that's the other issue in TNA. Who the hell are the main event talent other than Kurt Angle? Bobby Lashley, I guess. MVP, maybe. But who knows? Those dudes could be gone soon, too. So, uh, we've talked about this a million times, but what's happening with TNA is, is just so crazy. But it also shows you that people do care about this company. I mean, it is, you know, news-wise, from Dave Meltzer's to uh, Mike Johnson, the PWI Insider, to, you know, all these guys, Brian Alvarez, all these guys. They are reporting on TNA, and there's a lot of things going on around TNA, which shows you that they still have some impact, some big impact in the wrestling community. Um, I don't know where they go from here, but these wrestlers are leaving. It sounds like a lot of the wrestlers may end up coming back on some type of per-appearance basis, but they've got to go out there and do what they got to do and make money. Uh, So... That's really where it seems like a lot of these guys are going. I don't think James Storm and Magnus are, like, never going to come back. But I don't think they'll be back on any kind of regular basis again. Before we get to the big moment, or well, I thought it was a big moment because I, didn't, I, had, I had heard something earlier in the day but about the idea that, you know, there was these rumors about Jeff Jarrett. We'll get to that in a minute. But if you're the WWE, we've had this discussion in a, in a broader sense, not knowing who or who was not available. But James Storm, Magnus, maybe Gunner because he has a look a little bit. Low-key was there already once, and I don't think he's going back to be, you know, sensei, sensei, whatever he was. 
Uh, does, do you think WWE have interest in a James Storm or a Magnus, an Austin Aries who they said once no to for tough enough? I mean, what do you think here? Um, I'm looking up James Storm's age now. I feel like he's older. He was born in 77. So, I mean, he's... He was, yeah, he's born in... So, he's 38. I mean, he's old. Hey, hey, hey. One, um, of, one of the people on this call is uh, was born in 78. So, age no, is a I, relative no, I number. I was born in 79. But <laughs> I, I'm saying that's a little bit old for them to bring him in. Um, I think Magnus is a bit younger. I think Magnus would be the guy... Who I would who I would look to get if I were there, Magnus would be my guy. I think Magnus is, um, I believe he's young enough. Yeah, he was born in '86, so he's definitely young enough. You know, he's 28 years old. I think he's got a good look. I think he's good on the mic. I think he's pretty good in the ring. If I were to, if I were WWE and I was going to take any of these guys, he would be the number one guy I would take. He might have been the number one guy I would have taken overall, considering his age. What TNA's done with him over the last couple of years has been outrageous, obviously. He was the champion. He was an over guy. Um, he did a great job, I think, as champion. And then they have him, they had him do nothing for a long time. Um, I think he can go to the WWE. I don't see, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like he's going to do global force wrestling and maybe in the independence and, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see him in Ring of Honor at some point. But, uh, I do think that if I'm a WWE, I definitely look at those, uh, look at him. Storm, maybe not, uh, but definitely Magnus. As main Gunner and Sam Shaw, I mean, wh- whatever, sure. They can give them a look, but. As main roster guys or guys to help out NXT? If you're running someone like James Storm, he might be someone for NXT. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, considering his age and everything. And I think he's put a lot of miles on his body, too. Um, so I, I think that could be a little bit harder. Um, I think Magnus could be a main roster guy for sure. And then the other guys, I guess, depending on what you want to do with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Gardner, yeah, he's got a good look. And Sam Shaw's got a good look. But, you know, I don't know if those guys are really anything special. Saying that the – we'll get off this part in a second. But saying that the, the John Pollock story is correct – would you, you think they would bring back uh, Karma, a.k.a. Amazing uh, Awesome Kong, or Taryn Terrell, who I think Terrell's gotten a lot, lot better in the ring since she was there as Tiffany, you know, the, the ditzy GM on the short-lived ECW experiment? Do you think they'd have interest in either one of them? Sure. I, I think Awesome Kong, I felt like she wanted to go back to the WWE, WWE but that didn't work out. So... It sounds like she has nothing but good things to say about the WWE, so I think that it may be an option for her to go back. Um, I think they would take her back. I think they, that division need, really desperately needs someone like her. Uh, maybe it's mostly for NXT, but I think they could definitely use her. And sure, Terrence Terrell, they could use her. I think she's kind of... Uh, they have a lot of women, you know, blonde, pretty girl. I, she's not really unique. Although I do like her. I like her work, but um, I think Karma would be someone I'd be more interested in if I were the WWE. Now, one other thing on this. You get your opinion. Would you, If you're a TNA who's in dire straits right now, once again it's come out the fact that they're going to not be paid. It's going to be another late payment on there for their employees, which is a disaster to begin with. I think they said that people who worked in May 
we paid or worked in this past taping. We paid in the you know the middle of July, which is another reason why oh I think guys gosh. are you know are leaving at a record pace. But if your teenager has all these problems, is it smarter to go and have the one big star who you're paying a ton of money in Kurt Angle and have a bunch of guys that you're basically doing per appearance? Or do you go and it's not going to happen because he's under contract and he's a big name. I understand that. Destination America loves him. Would you go and get rid of a Kurt Angle who's making a ton of money and redistribute the money you're giving him and bring in a bunch of younger guys and having the mid-level guys and actually be able to maybe pay people on time? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know, Corey. I think that we've talked about that in the past. It could go either way. I mean, I, I think you probably need to keep them. And their issue has been, and we've seen this, they've had trouble building stars. Well, they've got one Kurt Angle, and God knows at this point in their, you know, in TNA's history, they need him. So, and given their predicament, given their, uh, you know, TV situation, they need someone like him. So I think they're going to need him in order to, you know, be a viable company, uh, be a viable TV entity. So they probably need to keep Kurt Angle and kind of they have to trim the fat in other spots, and they have to trim the fat in other spots. Oh, I get now. Like I said, we can go on for a long time and talking about the guys who are leaving and this and that. But there was a there was a big return. On Thursday, which, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, I'm still thinking, you know, from when they were on Spike, there's a big return that did happen. I'm not talking about, you know, Big Van Vader at 60 years old, you know, or Matt Morgan, or I guess Hernandez coming back, who, if you listen, once again, not not exactly someone who Conan is the biggest fan of. Um, you got the return of the founder of TNA, Jeff Jarrett, wearing his Global Force Wrestling t-shirt, gave an impassioned promo, which... If that was, not, a lot of people said that was, you know, straight from the hip for the most part, you know. Him coming back, do you think that this was just so he goes into the Hall of Fame and we're not going to see him again after this? Do you think this is a global force, you know, TNA type of invasion storyline? What, what's, what's your opinion besides this fact, you know, TNA is a disaster and you don't care at this point. What's your opinion on the return of, uh, of Jeff Jarrett? Yeah, I think, and from everything that I've kind of read from the Dave Meltzers and uh, uh, and those guys, it seems like TNA does want to work with Global Force Wrestling because partially they know they need to work with Global Force Wrestling and in terms of putting on live events and things like that. So I think the plan moving forward, obviously we don't know their particulars, but I think the plan moving forward is to work with Global Force Wrestling in some capacity. That's why it's interesting that someone like Magnus asked for his release and now is going to wrestle for Global Force Wrestling. He's going to be at the TV tapings, I think, July 24th or whatever it is in Vegas. So, you know, it's interesting that, the, you know, Magnus is leaving, going to Global Force, and then Jared's there. So I think there may be some type of interwoven Global Force, TNA, in, you know, invasion kind of story. Um, I don't think this is just a one-off for Jared. Do I see him having like a huge impact? No, but I don't necessarily see this being a one-off for him either. Now, two thoughts on this. One, could the Magnus being released, I'm sorry, given their release, James Storm giving him his release, 
and I'm saying they're going to work for Global Force Wrestling, do you think this could be as simple as this is part of a bigger storyline where they're really still with TNA, but to be part, if it's an invasion story, you have the guys that quote-unquote left TNA to go to Global Force, and they're going to come back in an invasion angle where they may still really be part of TNA, but they're, you know, James Storm, Magnus are leading guys to go and invade TNA. Yeah, I've thought about that. I have thought about that. I think it's possible. Um, I definitely think it's possible. You know, Aries is, you know, Aries looks like he's leaving too. So I think, you know, I think there could be some truth to that, Corey, to be honest with you. I don't know for sure, you know, who the heck knows, but I think there there absolutely could be some truth to that. Now, do you, this is this is not my original idea, so I forgot who said this, so I give them credit. But besides the NWO and the Nexus for about 10 minutes, has any, like, you know, takeover angle of a company of these outsiders and the things coming in really ever worked? I mean, at this point, do you care? I I think if you do it right, I mean, the Shield kind of were outsiders. They didn't take over the company, but they kind of were outsiders. Um, I think if you do it right, I think it could be done really, really well, actually. If you don't do... um, and it's funny. You look at some of the things that have worked. The NWO, NWO worked, especially at first when it was smaller. And, you know, kind of the Nexus, you know, I think the Nexus if it would have been smaller and been with guys who were a little stronger. I think it really would have worked, even though it did work a little bit. Um, you know, things like that. I think if they keep it small and they, they do it, you know, like that, not necessarily just a total invasion, I think it could actually work out and be interesting. Um, I don't know. It would be something new, something different, and you know, they could if they did it right, it could be interesting. So let's see. Do, let me ask you this: Does does Jeff Jarrett returning on Sunday give you any more? Like I said, I don't think me or you. Maybe if something's really good, we'll try to catch it. You know, somewhere. But the return of Jeff Jarrett does that make you say give you any sort of interest in buying the Slammiversary pay per view this weekend? Because to me, no. And it's partly, one, because the company is such a disaster, and two, there's so many things that are filmed. Like, the next three weeks or four weeks of television are already filmed. It's the same thing happened with Bound for Glory. But, you know, it's kind of like, all right, all these people are leaving. I mean, the only reason I guess I would care about Slammiversary is does something crazy happen as a result? You know, I mean, does Jeff Jarrett, I guess, win the King of the Mountain? Because he put a little thing on online saying if he wins the King of the Mountain tight, which... Well, I guess we can get into somewhere down the line, but King of the Mountain is going to be for a new title called the King of the Mountain Championship. The dumbest which, freaking... Which, 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 what the hell is that? What is that? The, King of the, the Mount- King of the Mountain Championship? What does that even mean? Exactly. Well, I guess you'll be in that horrific backwards ladder match, which is terrible to begin with. But Jarrett said if he won, if he won the match, and I think this is all part of the beginning of an angle with, this, you know, with maybe an invasion... He said he would take the title and make it, you know, most likely make it the Global Force, you know, championship. And then, you know, maybe have some sort of tournament to have, you know, declare a winner of the title. So, I mean, they're already starting to put a little ideas there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any guys in a match or no, are like, you know, Matt Hardy and, and, I mean, you know, no one crazy big, correct? Oh, you got Bobby Roode. Okay. Bob, um, I'd have to look at the page, but you got Bobby Roode, 
Drew Galloway, uh, uh, Matt Matt Hardy, and Eric Young. So I mean, you got Eric Young. I think is you know has, okay. has gotten better and stuff like that. But do you care? Do you care about this pay per view at all? No. Literally, I could care less. I yeah, guess so. I don't care at all. I could care less about this show. Um, if I could, you know, watch it, I would watch it. But no, I have no real interest on the show. I wonder if it was EC3 and Angle for the world title, but that's going to be on next week's show, right? So yeah, are you going to watch that match? No. Uh, I will try to watch that match. Yes. I will record it, and I will try to watch it. Very cool. And like I said, I've been told I can't read spoilers for this show anymore, so I honestly have no clue who won, but if they're smart, especially with the news coming out that Angles, you know, has got an injury, I'm hoping they put a title on EC3. It's the right the right decision. Yeah, I, I, think, that'd be, I think that would make the most sense. Absolutely. But you know, we spoke about TNA. If anyone has an opinion agreeing, disagreeing with us, you could always go and... Let us know on Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod or a mine Paladin eight oh eight. You know any feedback we love to hear, and if it's something pretty interesting, we'll bring it up on the next the next show. Once again, at Worked Shoot Pod and at Paladin eight oh eight. Moving on to uh, the WWE, uh, we haven't been on the air since uh, Money in the Bank. I thought Money in the Bank was. A good show? I don't think it was a great show. I mean, the booking of Sheamus winning Money in the Bank is interesting to me. I'd like to get your opinion on that. I thought that the ladder match, both ladder matches I thought were good. I think Owens and and Cena has been a very good story. Um, I, I really wish there wasn't a Battleground pay-per-view. And this was all these matches that we're seeing at Battleground. We'd be seeing at SummerSlam which we might anyway, but what were your quick thoughts, if any, on uh, Money in the Bank, especially with Sheamus being your new Money in the Bank winner? Yeah, so I I don't know why they gave it to Sheamus. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I guess it was a, a way to have Reigns and Bray Wyatt feud and just keep that from, you know, keep the title from Reigns' grasp even more. Uh I don't know if Sheamus is going to win the title. I see him being one of those that maybe tries to cash it in but doesn't. They really haven't done a lot with Sheamus in terms of putting him over big. So I was surprised they gave him a briefcase. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what, where they go with him. Do you think, Corey, he, do you think he win cashes it and wins the title? Doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like he has that momentum built up. Um, we'll talk more about this, of course, when we get close, closer to uh, Battleground. But I think it's. I think you can mostly. I, I think you might see some sort of combination of Brock versus Sheamus at at SummerSlam, which means Brock. Really? You know, which, which means Brock wins the title back. Which we can discuss in a moment if that makes sense right now for for Seth Rollins and this whole type build with Seth Rollins. But I can see them. You know, maybe going with because you know it's. I think they've been putting the seeds down for a while. Of Seth Rollins versus Triple H. And yeah, Triple I H. Said I, that. I, I don't know if I see that. Well, he's been using the he's been using the pedigree to win matches. You've been having the idea of him continuously, you know, Triple H pushing him almost like in this coach's role right now, not allowing him to do any BS, you know, with what's going on. It almost feels like you know, right now, 
Triple H is kind of a little bit more of a babyface, and Stephanie is playing the role that she always plays pretty well as a heel. You know, so I mean, I think that, like I said, we'll get more into this as Battleground gets closer. But I can, I can honestly see this might be the beginning of the turn of Triple H as being a face again or a good guy, and him and keeping Seth most likely as a heel. And then if you have that at, I don't see Triple H wrestling in non-big, you know, three or four pay-per-views. You know, because I think when you have Triple H out there, it's got to be there for the big shows, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I just, I just don't know if I see him, I don't know if I see him wrestling on the show. I mean, you may be right, and, and that's a very, very interesting uh, very interesting take on it. I just don't know if I... I haven't seen those seeds like you have. I've seen the coaching thing. I have seen that. But I haven't seen a Rollins turning on him. And I don't know. I would like to see Brock and Rollins again at SummerSlam. That's what I would like to see. I think those guys have great chemistry in the ring. And I would love... And I think Brock does really good against those smaller guys. Um... You know, he had great matches against Rey Mysterio back in the day, Eddie Guerrero, and I think Rollins is like the perfect kind of size for him to work with. So I'd love for him to work with Rollins for a little bit longer. But I mean, you may be you may be right. I, you may be right. What do you think about Sheamus getting a briefcase in the first place? So you you think that's a good decision? Do you think what's your what are your what's your take on that? I think unless you were going to do the thing that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago in regards to. Brock, you know, getting the briefcase at the uh, the Tokyo show against you know Kofi. I don't know if there was anyone else in that match. If you're not, if you weren't going with uh, Roman Reigns, was there anyone in that match that really seemed like it would matter if they had it? I we discussed this, you know, last time. I thought giving giving it to um, guys like uh, I'm forgetting who was in the match now. <laughs> giving it to you know who else who was in this match? Dolph Ziggler. I think it was a waste of time giving it to the the man that gravity forgot. I I don't I think it was too soon. Yeah. Uh, you know I think giving it to to Reigns was just putting another thing on his plate that the, give the fans a reason to continue to boo him and being the chosen one. I think this keeps him away from the title picture for a little while. Kane I think was would have been a waste of time. So I think that Sheamus I think was the. Li- is a guy that they trust. And I think that if he's not facing, you know, Randy Orton or Dal Ziggler every week, I think he's shown he can be good. You know? So, I mean, and he and we've seen with both Cena and Mizdow losing, you know, cashing in, it's possible that the guy who wins the title doesn't ha- the guy who wins the briefcase doesn't have to win the title. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Do you think that he's his character's over enough, and he's over enough uh, in terms of where the WWE sees him that he will win the title when he cashes it in? Yeah, Sheamus winning the title. I don't see that happening. I mean, is he a guy that they can depend on? Yes. Well, I don't even know if they can depend on him really. I mean, he's been hurt, you know, basically over, on and off for the last what two years or so at this point. Yeah. But you know what? Like I said, the general point is. I think they wanted to go and put a little less pressure on Roman Reigns so he can go 
at a slower pace and not have the fans, you know, be totally going crazy, you know, them being pushed every three seconds when other people aren't. And, you know, a heel carrying the briefcase isn't the worst idea. I mean, I think, you know, when you have a babyface doing it, the idea of him going and cashing in when no one expects it almost feels like a heel-like, you know, type maneuver. And, you know, maybe the Rob Van Dam telling people in a month in advance at Extreme Rules or Cena saying, I'm going to do it the following week against Punk. I don't know if the, I don't know if it really works as well when a heel comes out of nowhere and does it. So, I mean, I think, like I said, your choices are really Kofi or Sheamus when you look at it that way. All right. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, how do you think this is going with Rollins and Lesnar? How do you think they're building it? What are your thoughts? I don't. You see, it's it's. I think it's a very weird thing. I, me and you both like Rollins a ton. We both think he's one of the you know the best entering workers, one of the best guys in a, in a very short period of time on the mic. Especially the fact that guys didn't think you know could talk in the first place. But him being the the whiny heel, I don't love. I mean, I do like the idea when Brock isn't there, like when he's on SmackDown. He comes off as a guy who's fearless. But I just feel like... I feel like they should be portraying Rollins a little bit stronger than they have been. And I guess that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. But otherwise, I I like what they've done. For the first time, they've actually made uh, Brock look human when he got attacked. And he didn't just, you know, no-sell the whole type thing. I mean, I was hoping we didn't see, you know... The authority as such a vocal point again, but I think for what we're doing, I, I think it's going well, and it's amazing. This is going to be a true test, just like this, and just like what they're going to have to do over the next, you know, three or four weeks in regards to Cena and uh, and Steam. I'm sorry, Owens. On uh, you know the difference of a two mo- a two week build, which we saw over like last month and a half, and a five week build. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, I like a lot of what they're doing with Lesnar and Rollins. Obviously, Lesnar is the big-time baby face, um, and the fans are into him. I, To a certain extent, I agree with you. And Rollins is like two different people on SmackDown and on Raw. On Raw, he seems to be more confident. But on, uh, on SmackDown, he seems more confident. On Raw, he seems more like, you know, he just knows he's going to lose. Uh, but also, he's a heel, and that's what they do with heels. That's how they build him up. And so Rollins is supposed to lose. Um, you know, they did an okay job with the authority. I don't love the idea of seeing the authority interfere in that match a million times. I think that's going to get annoying, but again, he's a heel, and that's kind of what they have to do. Um, uh, yeah, I thought the build was, was pretty good on, on Raw, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do with it. I really think this is something that they can continue, and I kind of mentioned this a little earlier, going into SummerSlam, have this be a feud that, is, you know, is a couple of matches, which is what I think they're going to do. I know you mentioned Triple H and Rollins, but I really think they stick to Lesnar and Rollins, and maybe they have Lesnar win a title, and then maybe they have Rollins do something else for a little bit. Uh, but I think for now, I think you see um, Rollins and Lesnar going at it this pay-per-view and probably next pay-per-view as well. Uh, something that we didn't get a chance to discuss uh, last week was that Sheamus... There was little hints last week that Sheamus might be part of the authority, where they had Sheamus was the guy that they brought down to stop this, you know, the the sit-in from Dean Ambrose. Sheamus, you know, 
was helping uh, helped by Kane. So I'm wondering, do you think we might see maybe Sheamus cashes in the money in the bank at Battleground, and that's how you get out of it, and in that way you don't have to either have Seth or Brock lose in this match right away, and then you could have the one-on-one real match at SummerSlam? Yeah, so I don't, I, you know, I mentioned this before that they should have Sheamus being the authority. It makes the most sense. He's actually a strong heel, unlike Kane and the Big Show, um, and J and J Security, but they're more of a side act. Um, I really don't think Sheamus gets involved in this match. I really don't. I think there's no reason for him to. I think they need to keep establishing Rollins, you know, as a strong heel, you know, kind of a smarmy heel, but someone who can win matches. Um, I think that, I don't know how he's going to use that horrible pedigree on Lesnar. That pedigree is. He is one of the best in-ring workers in the WWE, but it's, that pedigree is terrible. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do that. But that being said, I, I don't see Sheamus getting involved in this match at all. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But I think they need to kind of leave Sheamus out of this a little bit. I can see. I guess I'm just throwing out options there. I agree with you. Yeah, I, 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 I think Sheamus is going to be more of – I could see Sheamus winning the title. But I could see that being one of those fall programs where – you know, fall is kind of a weird time for the WWE, and maybe they put over Sheamus during the fall. When football season's on, and maybe not as many people are watching, and then Sheamus loses the title as they gear up for WrestleMania season. It's just know. good idea there. Uh, something that, like I said, we'll discuss more as we go along, but do you think they've learned from do you think WWE's learned from I don't know if you want to say a mistake but the way that they had to do things when Brock was champion last year and he wasn't he wasn't there for you know three-fourths of the time do you think that stops them from putting the, t- the title on Brock or do you think Brock with you know possibly having more we don't know for sure but maybe having more dates being able to do more shows do you see Brock winning the title maybe not at Battleground but at SummerSlam basically what I'm asking you here is do you think they put the title back on Brock? Or now that you know that he's there for the next three years, you could just have him as a showcase special attraction thing, and you don't he doesn't need to have a title? Yeah, I think it's hard because they've already built him going for the title. So it's like, are they just going to continue to screw him out of the title every couple of months? I mean, he's the best guy there. So you almost have to give him the title, right? Or... You could just keep screwing him out of the title and making him more mad. Or you have this match be some, he gets himself DQ'd, and then in the match against, at SummerSlam, he's killing Rollins, and then Sheamus comes in as a member of the authority and, you know, wins the title. Maybe you do that. I don't know. I think it really hurt them not having the champion on the show for that long. And I didn't think it would. I mean, I, I, well, I thought he'd be on the show a little more than he was. I mean, he was on the show for months. So I think they need the champion on the show. And Brock's the best guy they have. So I don't really know where two plus two equals four. Like, I don't really know how that equation works. Um, if he can be on the program more, I think you give him the title. If he can't be on the show more, I think it's going to be hard to imagine him giving him the belt. Makes sense. Um, let's get to, which I think a lot of people, and I think you would agree, the best feud going on in the business right now, 
Kevin Kevin Owens. I disagree. I think it's R Truth and King Barrett. I think it's for who's the real king of the WWE. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are they doing with Wade Barrett, by the way? Are you freaking kidding me? My God, get our truth off my TV. And and that and that short rant was brought to you by Punch.co. For your latest apparel, go to Punch.co and at checkout use the pass the promo code SHOOT in all capital letters S H O O T for fifteen percent off at checkout for worldwide shipping. Uh, once again, that is Punch.co. For your best in apparel, great selection, proud sponsor of the podcast. You shoot at uh, promo code at checkout for 15% off. Shoot in capital letters, worldwide free shipping. Seriously, though. And absolutely, everyone, please go to Punch Apparel, punch.com. What are they doing with Wade Barrett, Corey? Did he sleep with uh, somebody backstage? Did he um, say, I don't know, what did he do to deserve, I mean... Where, what are they doing with him? You said it on the show maybe, you know, I think, a couple weeks ago. That them having him win King of the Ring was the worst thing to happen to him. And it's been. It has been. They have nothing to do with him, so they have him in this awful feud. What are they doing with him? You know, it's it's funny. If this wasn't... If he was a new guy and he hadn't been there for a couple of years and they were doing, you know, what they did, like, um, with guys who have won Money in the Bank before... Where you, it's basically testing their resolve. You push them, and then you bring them down the card a little bit, and you test to see what, what you know, if they truly love what they're doing. But Wade Barrett has been there for quite a number of years. He was there. He was the original leader of the Nexus, and the Nexus is quite a while ago now. And I think he should be above this. But you know what? I'm sure there are guys like you know the Zack Riders of the world, and the guys who are stuck. Not stuck, but, you know, Sami Zayn, who would love to be on the main roster. There's a limited amount of spots, and as long as he's on the main roster, I guess Wade Barrett can't complain that much, especially, in fact, unless you're going to, uh, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, there aren't many options out there. So I I think Wade Barrett may not be happy, but I think he, uh, I don't think he's going to complain right now. Yeah, I guess, I will, oh, I mean, I think there are options out there, but I understand what you're saying. He should just stick with the WWE. They did give him the king of the ring, and eventually he'll be pushed. And I still think he's going to be a future world champion, but, man, this is just a, a little blip on the radar screen. Anyway, I know you were talking about Cena and no one's before, so go ahead. Oh, you mean you actually want to talk about that feud? All right, I thought we were just bypassing it. Um, <laughs> but Cena Owens, I think, has been most likely, could very well be the feud of the year right now. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you may want to look at other things just to get an idea. You know, maybe Dixie Carter versus the the internet, you know. But I I really think this has been done really well. Every time that you think Owens has reached a certain level of how what he does, he figures out some another way to go and build this legacy that he has since he's come up. I mean him going and I'm sure it's not all his ideas because we gotta give as, as bad as some of the ideas the writers have, I'm sure they have some good ones. Rare, but I'm sure they have some good ones here and there. Him deciding to go and talk in French, I thought was brilliant. You know, I the agree. whole. And, you know, what it reminds you of, I mean, reminded me of, you know, Brett versus Sean with, you know, with, the, with Canada. 
you know, back in, you know, 96, 97. I really think that they really hit a gold mine. I mean, you wonder what, you know, Vince McMahon truly thinks of a guy who looks the way that Owens does, who looks a lot more like me and you than he does, you know, the prototypical guy that usually gets pushed. So it's going to be interesting where they go from here. But Owens continues to deliver. I mean, the stuff that he's doing in NXT, the stuff that he's doing on the main roster, it's just brilliant. And I think this, and I like to get your opinion because you weren't here for this. Last week was what happened, you know, with him and Machine Gun Dopey, I'm sorry, Machine Gun Kelly, what you thought of that. But I, I really think this has been a great feud. And this is one of the reasons why I wish we didn't have a battleground pay per view because I think this match for the U.S. title should be at SummerSlam. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know where they go with where they go with this. Um, I think the feud's probably going to end at Battleground. But it's almost hard to start a new feud at SummerSlam. You kind of want that to be where feuds end. Theoretically, that's what you're thinking. But we had those three pay-per-views in four weeks, so, you know, that kind of hurt the build for, you know, a show like SummerSlam. Uh, I think the Owen Cena feud, we've talked about it, it it's been amazing. Um, love what they did on Monday um, with Owens talking in French and then Cena talking in Chinese. I mean, it was phenomenal. Um, and I think they've done a really, really good job uh, with that. Um, I don't know where they go with it. I don't know if they give them the U.S. title. I guess that's something we're going to talk about eventually. But, man, every week, Cena and Owens is the reason to watch Raw. Every single week. They're the main reason to watch Raw. I'm going to put Cena squarely in that as well because – he stepped his game up, and he's been awesome as well. So, again, um, great segment on Raw. What was your opinion of uh, Machine Gun Kelly the week before? I give him credit. Good for him taking a bump. I mean, I give him credit for taking a bump. I mean, he threw him through a table. Uh, you know, so good for him. Dr. Chin, Machine Gun. Um, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Just established Owens as, and Jim Ross has talked about it. This guy you know, we get a lot of heels, and, you know, Adam Rose a heel, and he says, you fans are stupid, and then they boo him. Or, you fans, you know, they come, they come to San Antonio and say, the Spurs are never going to win the title. Boo. You know, kind of like, like whatever dumb heel stuff. Kevin Owens is a different kind of heel. He's different. He doesn't have to do the typical, you know, rip on the sports teams of the town. I mean, he is a heel, um, just how he is, how he delivers his lines. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, um, you know, him throwing Machine Gun Kelly to the table just because he can, just because he wants to. I mean, he is, what they're building him up as is, and they, I know they're trying to do this with Sheamus too, but I think Owens, they're doing it even better. Uh, Owens is a bully. He's an absolute bully, and that's what they're building him up as, the ultimate bully. And um, it, it's working. He's over with the crowd as a heel, uh, with the adult male audience a little bit as a baby face, but I think it's been tremendous. He's been great. Now, this just popped in my head, and um, just play with me here for a second. Humor me on this. Do you think that they can do enough in the next, what is it, nine months or so until Mania could, could they build Owens to be a big enough bully heel to, to credibly be a guy who could face 
Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Yes. Or is it yes. too soon? Absolutely. 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 Will they? I don't think so. Could they? Absolutely. No doubt about it. The important thing is going to be what's the next feud for Owens? Do they continue this rise with him? I mean, or is this the biggest feud of his career? I mean, where do they go with him after this? I don't know. I don't know. So that that's the, that'll tell you where they. I mean, I could see him doing a program with Roman Reigns after this, something like that. But the key is where do they go with Owens after this? Do they continue the push? Does he win the U.S. title? Does he go? Does he go? You know, squarely into the mid card abyss of the WWE. You know, if he doesn't, then we know where he is, and if he does, then we know where he is. So. Um, I don't see him headlining WrestleMania next year, but I think he'll have a big match. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be competing for the title. And I think what you just brought up is the answer to my next topic slash question for you this week. You, you had Dean Ambrose headline uh, elimina- uh, Elimination Chamber. He, ha- he headlined Money in the Bank. Now it appears that he's in the middle of, of nothingness again, or AKA maybe facing Kane. What oh, do you do? God. What do you do with Dean Ambrose now? And is the answer is he the next guy for Kevin Owens? Or would you like to see that? That would be good. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. But then that gives you the indication that he's going to lose and not win the U.S. title. Too. I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, why can't his first opponent? Be Dean Ambrose for the U.S. title. Yeah, that, yeah, I guess that's a possibility. Um, I think if he wins the U.S. title, they're gonna have Cena and Owens are gonna have another match at SummerSlam. Who says? But you know what? This could be the. But I'm saying is Dean Ambrose and him could be the post SummerSlam his next feud afterwards. You know, I mean, yeah, I think they would, and I think they're gonna have a hellacious feud. Um, I could also see it being Reigns. I could see him being a guy. Um, but they might continue this weird, you know, Wyatt kidnapping his child thing for a little while. I don't know if they continue with that. Um, but that, I mean, they're going to have a match at Battleground, and presumably they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. Um, so we'll see where they go with that. Yeah, I think that could absolutely be Owens's next feud, you know, him against Ambrose. I think that would be a lot of fun. The matches those two guys would put on and um, the storyline they could tell. I mean, I think that could be a lot of fun. Now, you brought him up again, uh, Roman Reigns. Now, I want you to take this from two points of view. One is a wrestling fan and two, your real-life job as a, the great guidance counselor of the, the youth of America that you are. God help us all. Um, do you think the Bray Wyatt stuff in this PG era is a little much? I mean, if this was the Attitude Era, this would be, you know, just... A normal thing, but, you know, with having all the stuff going on with kids in this country, with being, you know, abused, ad- abducted, and a lot of different things that go on, do you so think wait, that the, the storyline... In the Attitude Era, they weren't abducted and abused, but now they're abducted and abused? No, but... Listen, I, this is a, listen, this is the thing, okay? In the 80s, when we were kids, and, you know, we grew up, growing up in the Bronx, and we walked to school, and we walked around our neighborhood, and we did whatever the hell we wanted to, and our parents told us to come back at dark. There were kids being kidnapped. They might not have wanted to kidnap our ass, but someone was being kidnapped. 
and there were children abused and all this other stuff. We just have all this information now. As far as this, you know, Wyatt kidnapping the kid thing, I think it's a little quirky. Like the feud is just a little quirky. But I think they need to continue. They can't. It can't just be a cornball show. And Wyatt is a character that's a little bit different, and they need to kind of build him up as a bit of a different character. Plus, they can have something where, you know, there's kind of. Um, we don't know what's going on, kind of like ambiguity in terms of what's going on with the daughter and things like that. Um, you know, they had something, and I don't know if this is, I don't think it was still PG. I don't think it was, where Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero with the kid and custody of the kid. I don't think it was PG then, but... Dominic on a pole match, if we remember right. Yeah, Dominic on a pole match. So I don't think they could do that, but, you know, they, they need to continue to toe those lines to keep adult fans interested in the product um so i don't i don't i think the storyline itself is a little wacky but i don't think the fact that it's a pg error really has anything to do with it i think that's fine okay um did, oh did you notice that speaking of that when they first had Heyman uh talk about Su- suplex city yeah he said bitch and then when they um replayed it they they cut that part out I, that was interesting yeah i saw that and i thought that was I didn't know the I didn't know bitch was that bad, but you know what? You bring up something I want to get your opinion. I think this is kind of interesting. Do you realize how much money Brock Lesnar has made himself from uttering the the term "suplex city bitch" in WrestleMania, where the mic was able to hear? You know, the mics in the arena were able to hear it. Where they have T-shirts at every yeah, place he, they go now. Say, did he say "Welcome to Suplex City"? Oh, was that the fans chanting Suplex City? No, at WrestleMania, he went in the match when he was, you know, killing Roman Reigns. He goes and says, Suplex City, bitch. And it was caught on the, you know, and and now oh, they have got know, t-shirts yeah. and every city is a different, the city they're that in. Is, oh, that is brilliant, by the way. Whenever he comes to a different city, he has their, that is uh, awesome. Awesome. It's just, it's so smart. You know, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he has in his contract, he's getting a nice little chunk from the, from the money from that shirt. Let's, let's be honest there. So that man, you know, may not wrestle every week, but he's going to, he's going to make a lot of money town to town. But, um, I'm trying to think if there's any more WWE related topics you want to bring well, you know, up. This week. Some, you know, there's some injury stuff going on. Um, looks like Eric Rowan has a torn bicep and he's out for at least four months, which, That'll hurt as far as the Eric Rowan and Luke Harper tag team title push. Um, Sami Zayn looks like he's out until 2016 with his shoulder surgery. Um, and it looks like, according to Dave Meltzer, the, the rumors of Brian's injuries are some type of concussion-related situation, um, which the WWE was hiding because – not hiding, but just not telling people um, – because of their lawsuits and kind of what's going on with that. Um, and then the fact that Dolph Ziggler looks like has signed a new contract. There are all these rumors about him retiring and leaving and blah, 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 being a, the next Louis C.K. or whatever. But it looks like he's resigned. So I don't know, Corey, you can take any, any or all of those things. There's some injuries and it looks like Dolph Ziggler has resigned with the WWE. 
It's, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. I mean, the Dolph Ziggler one I don't really care about because I think that he's being used so badly. And we can talk for, for 25 minutes on how terrible this Lana thing is with him. Makes just like, it's a waste of time. And now we're adding, you know, Summer Rae into this whole type thing. But, um, nice. He's got a job. You know, he doesn't have to worry about trying to get, you know, gigs with TNA, you know, on a per, per month basis on there. Um, I think the Eric Rowan one's really interesting. I think they were in the midst of a push. I think this is, could be a good thing for Luke Harper where he can get into, you know, maybe some more singles matches. And I think he is by far the workhorse of that team. And he could be a an opponent for whoever holds the IC, the IC title, which at this very moment I have no idea who has the IC. Oh, Ryman. Yeah. Oh, God, that's another feud that I don't care about. Um you know, he could maybe get into the IC title picture because you have a babyface champion in Ryback. I mean, I don't think they put him with someone else because I just don't think that would make sense. Uh, the, the one that I guess is the most interesting is that it appears, like you said, the concussions. I, I wish, you know, we would have known, you know, from the beginning what this was so we weren't speculating different things. Um, it's good to, if, if they're right. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer is correct. That's, you know, that could be pretty scary. Bret Hart doesn't think he's going to ever wrestle again. But, you know, I don't know what Bret Hart knows or doesn't know. And that, um, I'm not really sure where to, you know, where to go. I mean, you got Tyson Kidd's also had to get the uh, surgery. He's going to be out, looks like, for a year. It's a good thing, I guess, in regards, it looks like Samoa Joe's not being blamed for this. You know, because he's been a pretty safe wrestler. You know, neither... Only person who's been come out against Samoa Joe is Bret Hart, but neither Tyson or Natalia or Cesaro or anybody has said anything negative towards, you know, Samoa Joe. So that's, I guess that's good. That's interesting in that respect. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go with a lot of these things, you know, how that affects maybe storylines, how that affects pushes. If, you know, Samoa Joe has to stay in NXT for a longer period of time to maybe prove that he's dependable enough and safe enough to work on the main roster. So, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of things there. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, you know, Brian, we'll see. Again, Bret Hart did say he thought he was done. Uh, Bret Hart become very opinionated um, all of a sudden. Um, I don't know what happens with Brian, and you know, hopefully he comes back. But if this, if this is not a neck thing and it's concussions... I mean, Corey could go any. It could go any way. Absolutely. Um, we know. We know Christian's career looks like it has ended due to concussions. Um, he could come back to WWE, but I don't think they're that interested in using him because of his concussion issues. Um, it's a shame that Rowan got hurt. I thought they were really, really going to push. On, and I think that's why they kept him out of the tag team match on um, Elimination Chambers. And they were really putting those guys over as a big tag team. Uh, Sami Zayn, unfortunately, he won't be back. Uh, for a little while, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and, you know, Tyson Kidd, that's really unfortunate, too, because, I mean, that would have been a great feud, Kidd and Cesaro against Harper and Rowan. So, I mean, again, it shows you how um, how much injuries play a role in wrestling and how much these guys really, you know, their bodies take a beating, absolutely takes a beating. As far as Dolph Ziggler, um, interesting he resigned. He likes it there. He makes good money. He can do his comedy stuff on the side as well. So I think he, he's at a point where he kind of likes where he is, likes what he's doing. I think he's like 34 years old, so he's no spring chicken. 
So it's, you know, it's like, hey, I stay with the WWE, make my money with them, save my money, and try to be the next Louis C.K. at 40 years old after I retire, I guess. Um, so, you know, good for him. So definitely some interesting things, though, with the WWE for sure. Uh, before we uh, move on to other things, I know you've only got to see one of them, so I know you can't comment on the second one. But they're doing a real – I thought that the Finn Balor uh, segment from last week, part one, in regards to trying to build this guy up as a personality in NXT, I thought was a great one – of the, one of the best things they've done in a while production-wise. I was wondering your opinion yeah, I, on it. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I, there's not much I can add to it. I, I thought they did a great job. I think obviously they're building him up. It looks like to win the NXT title in in um, in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, but I think this is something they could use with him now, and something they could use with him when he gets to the main roster. And I think this is also something that I, I think they're gonna. I think this guy's gonna be a big guy, Corey. I think they're gonna put this guy over big and hard. I really do. Um, and I think this is the first kind of wave of that that we're seeing now. Let me ask you this. If he wins a title, do you? how long do you see him staying in NXT? He's got a big contract. I think he'll be, I think he'll be up by the end of the year. So it's, it's going to be July, you know, in a couple of days. I think, he's, I, think he's, I think he is on the main roster by the end of the year, making some type of big impact. Maybe he's one of those, you know, we talked about how the fall sometimes not a lot happens. Maybe he's one of those real guys in the fall who comes in and has a big impact. Makes sense. Uh, and, you know, we, we had the return on this week's TV of, uh, of of Kenta, formerly. I can't remember his – at the Tommy, sorry. I always forget what his, uh, his WWE stage name is. So he'll be on the, uh, on the show in Japan. I think that show can be really interesting. It's on, you know, at 5.30 in the morning. I think I asked this to John last week, and he said he'd watch it, you know, at some point when it's on the network. Not sure if he was going to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. You you were up for, you know, the New Japan show when it, you know, to watch that, I believe. Do you have interest in staying up and watching this show, or are you going to go and when it's when you wake no, up? No, no. I, I didn't stay up for the New Japan show. I DVR'd it. No, I'm not waking up at 5.30 in the morning for anything. Well, say. When I have children, I'll wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Before that, screw that. I'm not waking up that early. No. Do you have a lot of, do you have a lot of interest, though, in this Japan show? Or is yeah, it... it sounds like it's going to be an awesome show. Absolutely. Um, it, there's some rumor that WWE is only going to show two hours. The network's only going to show two hours of it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think it's going to be a trick. somewhere. I saw Jason Powell of uh, ProWrestling.net. Uh, I believe uh, said that. I mean, it's their network. If they feel they want to give it more time, they'll give it more time. But I guess uh, the two-hour block, they'll. I guess they'll mostly just put on the last couple matches that matter, not have you know some of the earlier ones. Which I agree with you. I mean, if, if they have a network, it's sh- the full card should be on there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, no, I'm. I'm I am very excited about that card for sure. Uh, last few items on the docket this week. Uh, Ring of Ring of Honor had their best in the world pay per view. I thought it was a really good show. I thought that everyone worked pretty hard. I I think it was. A, I don't know if the destination deal 
will help with the with the amount of buys this time around. But I thought for people who may have saw it as their first ROH pay-per-view, I think it was done really well. I think Roderick Strong looked really good in the three-way. I really liked the world title match. And we, we brought this up earlier in the year. This has been, I think this has been a great year for world title matches in all the different companies. From, you know, the Tokyo Dome show to the three-way at, at the Royal Rumble. I think that these have been really good shows. And I, if you haven't seen it yet, I would go out of your way to at least try to see the main event. I think, I think that the six-man tag was a little bit of a spot fest, just like you have every time you have the Young Bucks. But I would, I would say it's a definite, you know, thumbs-up show. And if you can see, see it, I would definitely recommend that show. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, I've tried to figure out other means to see it since uh, it's happened. Um, but it's something that I think everyone should try to see if you can. Um, I have thought about ordering the replay, but it's a little expensive for me. I think it's like 45 bucks or something. So it's a little expensive for me. I was hoping it'd be more in the $20 range. But, um, yeah, I, you know, Jay Lethal's one of my favorite guys next to Adam Cole. I think he's the best guy in Ring of Honor. And uh, I'm glad that he won the title. And I'm glad he's ushering in, in a new era. And it'll be very interesting. And that's the thing about Ring of Honor that's tough, right? So they had Jay Lethal win the title. And now it's like, well, we're not going to be able to see what happens for several weeks about him winning the title. Because, you know, they're going to have to take these shows and they, you know, and things of that nature. So I guess we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that he won the title. And I just want to say also, if you had a chance to see it, I saw it on Destination America as part of, you know, the three-hour wrestling block on Wednesdays. That nakamura Roger Strong match from last week was amazing. And, you know, I've, I said, I don't know if I said this on the show or not, but it's really a shame that Roger Strong was not picked over Michael Elkin to be in the G1 this year. The way that he's been competing has just been spectacular. And I think Roger Strong... I understand he doesn't have a full-time contract with Ring of Honor, but and I don't think he'll beat Jay Lethal at the uh, was Death Before Dishonor, I believe, show in July, the iPay per view. But I think he's really deserves all the credit that he's getting right now. You know, in the ring, he's been uh, one of the really bright spots in all of wrestling over the for the last you know six months or so. I agree. I agree. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to touch on. I know that Jay didn't watch it and doesn't have any interest. But I just wanted to see how bad it would be, and I wasn't proven wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, tough enough. Yes, tough enough. Uh, that's on the USA Network on Tuesdays, I believe, at 8 o'clock Eastern, maybe 9 o'clock. I'm not sure which one it is. But I thought the show was just like every other reality show. Try to go and push way too much stuff in. I don't... I think there's some maybe interesting characters on there, but none of them I would actually ever pay to see, you know, on a pay-per-view. None of them really had the it factor. I don't think I'll watch it again. There's this kid on there named Zizi who's an Ale- uh, from Louisiana who's got a good personality, but I don't think I would pay to see him do anything. Some of the girls on the show are attractive, you know, if, you want, if you're watching for that. I thought the best thing that was, was the after show on WWE Network, which, like I said, I was trying to give it a full chance on the first first episode. They did an after show with The Miz, which I would actually say people should go go to watch just to see 
what the Miz can do when he's given a chance to, to shine. And, you know, what he most likely should be, just, you know, what he did on The Real World and all those other reality shows. Because he is, he, he's a guy who came from reality TV. And he was so much better than Jericho was because Jericho was just there to be this guy's going home and go from in and out of segments. Hogan was good as one of the, the you know, as one of the judges. But overall, I don't know if I would watch it again. But I did think that the after show with The Miz I thought was kind of interesting. I thought he did a really good job. And that mostly will be the last time we talk about Tough Enough until uh, the person who wins it comes up in, you know, like 10 years from uh, NXT. Yeah, I mean, you know, Corey, that's the thing. We're Tough Enough. Like, what are we doing here? What is this? Are any of these, these people are going to win this competition. Then they're going to be in NXT. And maybe they'll suck. Maybe they'll be Eva Marie. I don't know. Apparently the, the, the chick who lost is now going to be in a diva search coming up. And the, the, again, who cares? What, what, are, what are we doing here? It's just a TV show to prop these people up because people like reality TV. And none of these people are going to do anything. Do we have the next Brock Lesnar in this group? The next Seth Rollins? Or the next Haminator? I the next Haminator. They'll be, uh, do they vote a guy and a girl in? Or just a one? One guy, uh, one male winner, one female winner. All right, so two Haminators. So they get a female Haminager and a male Haminager. That's who's going to be in. So congratulations to the two Haminagers who are going to be the tough enough winners. How many people are in this house? Ten or or, or twenty? I think it's third. I think it started with thirteen, and Hank got eliminated. So now it's six and six. Hank, okay, sorry, Hank. Um, you know, see you later. See you later, Hank. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who the hell is? I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. Just not my cup of tea. Um, you know, this summer I'll have time on my hands if I don't work. So maybe I'll check out an episode or two. What is it on Tuesday in the USA Network? Uh, yeah. All right. So I, I'll be sure I won't be watching it. But <laughs> maybe sure. I'll catch an episode or two. Maybe I'll catch an episode or two. Corey and I, maybe we could do a, uh, we could live tweet the Tough Enough show. Yeah, when he says Corey and I, he means him. Because I ain't doing that. No, well, thanks. If you're watching the show, at least live tweet it. Uh, at least put some out there to the audience. I did a couple of tweets Tell, for uh, Best in the World. Put, put, put over Hank or put over... Uh, ZZ? We'll, we'll do, it under, <laughs> do it under our thing. We'll do it under your thing. Put over Hank or put over one of these uh, broads on the show. I will say the broads, as you put it nicely, some of them are attractive. I mean, I will say that, you know. Can we get, can we get, uh, we got any Latino girls in this, or is this just white people? I think there was a let. I think there's one Latina. Oh, well, Actually, no, she's Brazilian. 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 Brazilian? Yeah. Well, she'll, she'll be out soon enough, I'm sure. Well, she was handpicked by, uh, by Triple H to, to stay on the show, and, uh. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure she was. <laughs> <laughs> Keywords with hands. <laughs> Keyword with hands. Uh, I just <laughs> and the show is spiraled out of control quickly. <laughs> Triple H knows how to pick. Yeah, uh, yes, he does. Inside and outside of the ring. Well, that's another subject. Um, uh, you got anything else? You ready to wrap this up? Well, I was about to say if you would like to let the people know how. They can get follow us more closely, I guess, is the best way, on Facebook oh, and different oh, things. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to handpick us, like Triple H handpicked this Brazilian woman, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, Corey will be live tweeting Tough Enough every week on Tuesdays, starting this week. 
at work shoot pod and at paladin eight oh eight. Who's Corey? Um, <laughs> Uh, so our Twitter at WorkshootPod at Paladin808. Official sponsor of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast is Punch Apparel. That's www.punc.co. Type in SHOOT, all in caps, at checkout, and save 15% off. Shipping is free worldwide. Uh, we're on Facebook at the Workshoot Podcast. You can go to our website, www.workshoot.podomatic.com. And uh, look us up on iTunes, and please leave a review. The Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Look us up, leave a review, it helps us. And we will give you a shout out on Twitter or wherever you'd like to get a shout out at. Very cool. Uh, just want to say in closing, check out morinslaw.com with our buddy Christopher Morin's been putting up some interesting blogs about wrestling over the last couple of weeks and mixed martial arts and his, you know, love hate relationship with the sports teams he roots for. But um, I just want to say um, to those who have listened to our sister uh, programming on Potomatic, the Kitchen Sink Podcast, I just want to say uh, congratulations on behalf of me and Jason for, oh my God, I forgot his name. AZ? No, no, the other one. Christian? Oh, Chris Wizard, that's right. Chris Wizard and his lovely wife, Venus, are having their, their first child. Oh, my God. The devil's spawn. Come out. <laughs> and oh, this- my God. Jesus H. <laughs> this baby's going to be a disaster. Not because not of Venus. She's wonderful. But Chris Wizard, I don't know what he's going to do to that child. Jesus H. Please. Lock the windows. Close the doors. <laughs> That baby's coming. Oh, my God. You're going to get me in so much trouble as a result of that. Um, <laughs> oh, congratulations, Chris and, uh, and, and Venus. Very cool. And uh, so in the to say it, like always, thank you very much, everyone, who uh, listens to us. I believe we'll have a show next week, but the following week I'll be in uh, San Diego for Comic-Con. Not sure if we're getting a chance to do the show or not. But uh, we'll keep you posted, hopefully, on the uh, on Twitter or on the Facebook page. But for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Thank you for always giving us a chance and following us, depending on if we do the show on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday like today, and always giving us uh, your earbuds to listen to. So uh, we'll speak to you next week. Jason? I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Great.